1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm Matt. With me this week are my fantastic co-hosts, Liz Harper and Joe Perez. And if this wasn't a Blizzard-focused podcast where we just occasionally veer out, I would be asking both of them why the Fantastic Four just can't get a movie adaptation that isn't bad. Um, but I'm not going to ask that question because, well, quite frankly, we don't have time.
2: Um, and next podcast during our pre-show, I will try to sell Liz on a Doctor Who thing.
1: Yes. Um, but. Is- right Go ahead.
0: It, do we have the impression that that's going to make, that's going to take a lot of effort? Well, I mean, it involves
2: Magic the Gathering cards, because uh, they're making a Jodie Whittaker deck.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I, um, uh, <laughs> we really don't have time for my thing about how Jodie Whittaker <laughs> could, should have had, like, at least one more season. but uh, Or how
2: Jodie Whittaker was a, an actress wasted on a uh, a poorly written uh, season, that does, she was hmm. more deserving of better, absolutely deserved better writing.
1: I, I would argue that there's a lot of validity to that but we don't have time
0: unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, there's there's so much we could say and
1: we've only got an hour
0: we've only got an hour
1: yeah and and some of that hour has to actually
0: be about you know blizzard stuff so Uh, yeah probably
1: first thing i'm gonna throw out there is on august 1st we're gonna get the titans expansion for hearthstone this is an expansion that is tempting me to play hearthstone you have no idea how hard that is because Hmm. i don't like playing hearthstone not because it's bad, because I don't do card games very well. Uh, I'm not good at the deck building, thinking 20 moves ahead to when I can finally drop my gigantic monster thing and mess up the other person type play- gameplay. I just, When I played Magic the Gathering, literally I fell asleep. I'm not <laughs> even kidding. I mean, granted, I was incredibly drunk. But still, I fell asleep during that game. That's how little I understood it or liked it. Uh, so whenever Joe talks about Magic, I always feel like, Man, I, I, I can I feel, feel like, your
2: eyes glazing over. I got yeah,
1: it. I feel like I come from another dimension where they didn't have this. Except I remember, I remember full well when magic first came out. I, I do. Uh, magic is one of the reasons that, that wizards got the money to buy D mm-hmm.
2: um, uh, and D. It is very much the reason they got the money to buy yeah. D D.
1: Well, Pokemon cards too. Let's not forget Pokemon cards, but regardless, uh, titans expansion looks really cool to me i like all the the titan cards and the ideas behind it um i think it's it's a more innovative set than they've had in a while uh and and that's not me saying that the other sets haven't been innovative at least on a story front hearthstone has never put out an expansion that i thought was the bad idea narratively like um, i'm still a fan of like some of the ones from like earlier like the witchwood one or that trilogy of supervillains including dr boom was it dr, boom, or dr. boom dr
2: boom dr boom yeah, boom. yeah dr. it was a boom dr doom, his, doom parody
1: yeah his whole uh cadre of of super villains trying to steal uh dollar and put rockets on it so they could use it in yet another evil scheme and dollar
2: needs rockets yeah
1: so so just hearthstone's done a lot of things i really liked i would actually say it's done a lot of things i would like to see in world of warcraft uh meet streets to gadgets i I don't understand why when they did Cataclysm they didn't turn gadgets and into the thing from me. Oh, they should like Sand. they
2: should have. It was such
1: it a missed so opportunity. Uh, so you saying? I'm
0: sorry. I the, the the problem I have with Hearthstone well, I mean, I could I could I could make a list, but the problem I have is that it comes up with these, these such good story ideas, such interesting story ideas, such interesting takes on lore, especially now with Titans. I mean, I'm playing World of Warcraft and or that's the lore we're delving into. And so I'm really curious to see Hearthstone's take and Hearthstone's take is going to be, OK, here are these cool cards and they do these cool things. And there's kind of a little story behind them. If you go and you read the flavor text and all this. But Hearthstone hasn't done any story modes. It hasn't done any single player modes in a while, and yeah, those were always interesting.
1: When was the last one they actually did? I want to—I want to say it was during one of the Witch, the Lich King expansions.
0: Um, no, it's been more recently than that. They did uh, Book of Heroes. Yeah, I think it was Book of Heroes that they were rolling out one chapter for each of the like new heroes that they were doing in the expansion that I want to call Battle for Azeroth, but it was not Battle for Azeroth because that's a different game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they've, they've really backed off on the single-player adventures, which is sad because that was a really interesting storytelling medium.
1: Okay, the first one for Book of Heroes was 2020, September 2020.
0: Book of, Book of Mercenaries, Pedia is telling us in chat.
1: Well, I'm following Book of Heroes here, and that was 2020. Uh, I don't know about Book of Mercenaries. But Jaina Proudmoore got a, a story in it and that was oh that
0: was hmm.
1: I, again this is book of heroes not book of mercenaries i didn't look that up it
0: was uh, book of <clears throat> heroes was single player stories about classic warcraft characters and book of mercenaries was single player stories about original hearthstone characters that was 2021 so, yeah. that was 2021 so okay cool i'm so, very yeah, fast it's, at typing few... when
1: i need to answer the an question
0: <laughs> it's it's been it's been a little while
1: yeah, it's been two years, more than two years, because mm-hmm. uh, this was April. I guess the last new characters releasing until March 17th, 2022. So it's been a year and change since the last one they did. So it would be a cool thing to see more of it, quite frankly. Uh,
0: like the the whole thing about stealing Dollaran and slapping rockets on Dollaran. That was a whole huge single player adventure that went across three expansions. And it was really cool and fun. And it gave you this whole zany narrative for an entire year. And they, they haven't done something like that where they've tried to make a big cohesive narrative, a big cohesive, crazy world of Warcraft in Hearthstone, even book of heroes and book of mercenaries were, they were just little one-offs about specific characters. It was a series of single player missions about that told the story of a specific character. And it was, you know, a little, a little adventure. They, uh, linked together, they told some interesting stories, but it wasn't it wasn't like this big game narrative that they've done before, and they have not done that in quite a while. Have you guys, like, looked at Le- Legends of Tower at all? I have tried to play it, and it has not clicked, so I haven't looked at it very hard. Joe? I don't know if Joe's currently
1: not here.
2: Um, oh, I but- apparently have hard-muted myself, and then forgot to push the button. Yes, I actually played a bunch of it.
1: <laughs> I One of the things I did like about it was how they did character narratives in it. Um, I didn't I, I didn't manage to get very far with the game mechanics, but I did like, for example, the uh, the Jinx storyline actually touched upon a lot of stuff you see in Arcane, just slightly more tongue in cheek and friendly and less, you know, heartbreak and tragedy. Man, that Arcane, the last the last couple so episodes good. of episodes, just whew. but regardless, I did like what they were trying to do with it. I didn't I do think that that is something that Hearthstone does really well when they want when they do it. And it is unfortunate that they're not doing it as much recently. Uh, but, yeah, maybe maybe Titans has some or will have some. I would love if they put in some single-player stuff. Because, um, like I said, I really want to, if nothing else, I want to see what's going on with all this. You know, like what, what the lore they came up with for the characters they're using. Uh, for instance, the Primus, I want to see more of that. Because I still, I still have my suspicions about the Primus. Let me put it that way. I have not let that guy off the hook yet. There's something going on with him. We made that whole Crown of Wills thing, and he kept it. <laughs> like I don't recall us bringing it back with us to Azeroth. He still got it. Hmm. Why does he need that hat? Now that we've bro- supposedly broken Domination Magic, it which matches I'll the remind outfit, you. Clearly. I will remind you. He made up you know, Domination Magic. That was his deal. See so, yeah, I'm I'm suspicious of that guy. So yeah, just, uh,
0: go ahead. Just like us, the Primus will do anything for Transbug. Yeah, well,
1: it's very pretty. <laughs> um,
0: just tighten addition,
2: things.
1: Yeah. In addition to that, mm-hmm. I guess we should probably mention um, we'll go with Legion time walking because that's this week in World of Warcraft. If you are and, currently- uh, and
2: sorry, Chad is actually correct, and uh, we don't get the crown back because the Arbiter wears the crown.
1: Ah, I got my eyes on you, Pelagos. <laughs> But Sorry. but yeah, regardless, um, I, I think the Legion time walking is interesting because you, you get the time the Legion raid you get all the wars a raid too during that period right
2: yeah uh, yes
1: are you guys going to be running it
2: uh mm-hmm. it's on the docket so our guild is we just got um ahead of the curve uh for Sarkareth and we just got our we just finished achievements and got the really odd mount and it is definitely odd um. So
0: I don't know what you're saying. That's great. It's a great mount.
2: It is it oh. is. I always thought Nether Ray the Nether Ray model was weird.
0: I mean it's it's a Nether Ray but also it's on fire and yeah, it's great. It's great.
2: Well, anyway, the uh <laughs> the um we tend to like do stuff like this in the time between expansions. So it's on the docket, but it is as a potential but it's not set in stone. So we kind of split into smaller groups and spend some time.
1: All right. All right. Um, nevertheless, though, if you are you know, currently playing World of Warcraft, time walking weeks are great because you can just do like four of them. Is it four or five? Do you need to do four or five time walking days?
2: Usually it's five.
1: Okay. So you just run five of them and you get a pretty good reward. I think it's at least as good as like a heroic first raid tier boss, but I'm not 100% sure on that because, I, like I said, I haven't been playing it because Diablo 4 exists and I, I literally can't do anything else.
0: It's um, 5. Okay.
1: but yeah, time walking, that's pretty cool. Um, we also know there's going to be some class changes. Uh, they've made various buffs and nerfs. Um, they they nerfed Guardian Druid's uh, ability. They, they had a, a, a cooldown that does 60% damage reduction. They've, they've nerfed it to 50%. Um, that's basically it for Guardian Druids, the only thing they've changed. so, uh, But they also boosted the damage of a couple of different tanks. Uh, Blood DKs got 10% across the board, like every ability they have pretty much will now do an extra 10% damage. And Prot Warriors got 7% on their attacks and abilities. I'm not sure why they got 7% and the Blood Decay's had 10%. On my Blood DK, I never feel like I'm weak. But regardless, uh, they did that as well to try and shake up the tanking meta a little bit but uh, augmentation evokers however they got a pretty big nerf to their like buffs that they put out and then in in, as to recompense them for it they're getting their actual damage on their abilities raised to compensate i I don't know how i feel about that i mean on the one hand a lot of people have been telling me that augmentation evokers are stupid broken in five mans especially uh, mythic plus
2: they're not that bad yeah. it depends on what you have in your group so we've we've determined from experimentation at the at the very least that certain classes benefit more from augmentation evokers than others so like a beast master hunter for example really doesn't gain a whole lot of benefit from it but a shadow priest just becomes an unstoppable juggernaut of shadowy pain um so like it, it really does depend on what you have with you
1: well, one of the things they talk about was how um, closest Clutchmates now causes Ebon Might and Breath of Eons to be 20% more effective when not in a raid. What It used to be 40%. Um, so I know Ebon Might, It these are like all abilities that they use to buff other people. And it's just, it's interesting to me to see these things get nerfed. Um Especially this early in the augmentation life cycle. I mean, they just came out in ten point one point five, right?
2: Yeah, but yeah. I mean, if you think of it from terms of like the same way they balance hero specs, sometimes that just happens. How many yeah, times no, did I, how many times did yes. uh, demon hunters get uh patch within the first uh couple weeks of their life? Uh, evokers in general just got yeah, uh, it. Like, uh, demon hunters didn't get stopped by a single one of those nerves, though. <laughs> uh.
0: It's like Holy Paladins got their big rework and then it lasted one reset before it got nerfed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have,
1: apparently protection paladins have gotten an ability damage increase by 8%. So they're also getting buffed for our tanking in mythics.
0: Blizzard uh, seems to be really proactive about doing buffs and nerfs just very quickly. This, yeah. Uh, this expansion, we've yeah, been seeing a lot of this where they're like, they see a problem and they make adjustments. They are, they listen to feedback and they make adjustments. So yeah, I, I mean, think it's, good i don't always like it when they nerf me but yeah, oh, yeah. i think it's good that they're paying attention and they're trying to hit this kind of balanced sweet spot
1: i was actually surprised to see that they've healed they've they've buffed all healing by resto shaman by five uh, percent oh the that's range, not a
2: surprise they had no choice
1: the range of restoration uh, mists uh, heals from ascendance is now 40 yards and the initial burst of healing from ascendance remains at 20 yards Um, So the mist now heals more, but the initial burst of healing is still the same, which I mean, okay, I don't get why you would do that, but it would make it easier for people to move in and out of range, at least. So that's, that's good for the various fights where you have to get out of range of things you'll get, you'll still have the thing ticking away a heal on you as you're moving. So that's good. Um, But yeah. There's also a lot of player versus player changes, but uh, I am not qualified to judge these.
2: Uh, I haven't PVP'd at all this expansion.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only one that I, I looked at, just because I know arm I know Warriors well enough to at least kind of grok it, and it's it's fine. They're buffs, which is good, but there should be more buffs. Warriors should kill everybody in PVP and be unstoppable gods. But, you know, if you want a fair game, then yeah, sure, they're fine. Um, but that's not really my thing. I just wonder, do you think this is going to actually matter? in mythic plus like because in my opinion a lot of times the idea that there's certain classes that you have to bring to succeed in mythic Mm -hmm. plus is really oversold um like you can you can clear 10 to 15s with just about any class like it it really doesn't matter it's only if you're pushing like The, the highest possible setup you know
2: so having done a bunch of higher level keys this time around um or at least attempting to in this this one I think there is actually something to it, especially with all the changes they made in the last patch. Uh, I think it was more you could do whatever you wanted with whatever group as long as you were good enough uh, prior to it, but it did shift balances around quite a bit. Like you know, I'm not I'm not harping on like the Wrestle shaman stuff, but resto shaman went from being like perfectly viable to. And me like being feeling comfortable doing like, you know, a 17, 18, 19, 20 to me feeling like I couldn't do a 14. Um, and that may not sound like a lot to people, but that's a huge, huge step back in confidence. And I'm not exactly a slouch when it comes to healing. So and your mileage may vary, but they they I think they're trying to rebalance that to get back to that point where. You don't have classes feeling like runaways, but you also don't feel like they're 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 incapable of keeping up.
1: I just wonder if it's going to matter. Like, will people let this information reach them? Oh yeah. So they, you know, that's the thing I'm worried about.
2: Pre-pre uh, done groups have been very. It's interesting. So I used to joke about like the um. I used to call it the resto shaman tax. There's a point in time where like last I think it was last expansion, and then a little bit early on in this expansion, Resto Shaman were not exactly looked at as uh, viable to take with you on these, these journeys. And so like applying for group keys, like going into keys uh, during the, the pre-done group make finder uh, you would get rejected no matter what your skill level was, or at least my experience was that. And then after we got, you know, a little bit of loving and started doing some crazy numbers, the community all of a sudden like it wasn't that hard to get into groups anymore, and then it went right back. So it's been the, the at least from my anecdotal evidence, the community is ebbing and flowing very much with with how things are shaping up. All right, Liz, you got anything one you want thing, to say about this?
0: One thing that they've done for augmentation evokers is uh, they've improved combat log support again.
1: Oh right, I was so, going to mention that. Go, go, please, please talk.
0: Yeah, well, I don't, I don't entirely understand what they've done here. The exact patch note is: the advanced combat log now more accurately attributes support events for pet guardian summons damage, uh, summons damage accumulator, delayed damage effects uh, like execution sentence ignite, and damage against armored targets. So I think one of the problems Augmentation had is that their damage contribution isn't reflected on damage meters because it's not so much their damage, but damage they're helping other players do. And I think that's given them kind of a bad rap. I mean, obviously we've seen how amazing Augmentation can be, particularly in a very coordinated group where they're really making use of those buffs. But, you know, I think the average... The average player, you know, you take an augmentation evoker and you look at the combat log and you're like, oh, they're not doing any DPS. So I think combat log improvements are really going to be, this is kind of the first step towards acceptance of this spec. Um, So did they need nerfs? I think probably so, because we've we've seen crazy things where you take, like, all augmentation evokers and one mage and you murder, you one-shot everything ever that ever existed. But... The average player doesn't see, I don't think they see gameplay like that. They look at the combat logs and they're like, augmentation is terrible. So That's fair. That's fair.
1: It, it is something that we really do need to see in general, not just for augmentation of Vilkers, We need to see better reporting of stuff like that. Because there's other classes that provide buffs and they shouldn't mm-hmm. be, you know, if you stop to cast, say, Time Warp, it shouldn't, it, it will affect your DPS. Mm-hmm. It, it just, this is a fact. Your DPS will be lower for a couple seconds. Uh, and that kind of thing adds up. And people need to realize, you know, when he hit time warp, everybody else's DPS went up and that's a trade-off that he's making. You shouldn't necessarily have a a character get punished for that. But, you know, I, I do definitely think we needed more combat log stuff. Uh,
2: The other thing about about that too, is also keep in mind that the combat log stuff is also things that have been affecting other classes for a while. Any classes that had uh, pets or talents that did stuff on their own, uh, or trinkets that created something that caused healing or damage or things like that uh, sometimes weren't always reporting the most accurately. So e- the augmentation evokers, thankfully uh, have also caused the combat logging to sort of be fixed for that as well, incidentally. Um, so it's a good, it's and a it, good thing overall.
1: They threw attention on it, but uh, speaking of attention being thrown on things, this is something that uh, Liz had to tell me about because I had missed it when I was, Looking at various other things, but there's a new um, combat mode for
0: uh, Overwatch's arcade. Um, yeah, it's just a, a new arcade event. You described it as hide and seek. Yeah, that's okay. I'm not. I'm not playing Overwatch right now, so I have. Um, uh, but it's called mischief and magic. It is a prop hunt mode, which it sounds like hide and seek to me. I mean, that's just you. You've got people who are hiding and people who are finding the people who are hiding.
2: Prop hunt. It's Just. prop hunt. Kind of same, same principle. Hide and seek. I don't really know I, prop hunt. So
0: I'm not familiar with that. Explain so, it to us, Joe. <laughs>
2: um, I don't know if this is the case, like for overwatch, partic- particularly, cause I haven't really looked at the details, but prop hunt is teams of seekers and hiders where like hiders can, uh, tuck themselves as copies of objects in the world and try to orient themselves to just outlive a timer without being found or, or shot or whatever the case is but Haydn's, it's an old old game mode that's been around for a very long time I'm actually surprised it took that long for something similar to hit uh, Overwatch so yeah Overwatch 2 Prop 1 is the literally the tag that we put on there so I'm looking yeah. at it that's exactly what it is okay yeah so I'm right <laughs> So yeah, you uh sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was just I was just laughing.
2: Yeah, so it's basically like what if it was mimic players trying to find mimics is really what it boils down to. I think I think that's the best context you can you can people can But the
1: mimics them. are also players.
2: The mimics are also players that are trying to survive and not get caught. But yeah, you mimic stuff in the background, like you could become a barrel or a minecart or something like that, and then you try to position yourself in such a way that you blend in with the background naturally enough or the the train naturally enough that you not noticed. Um, and then it leverages people's knowledge of the map and where stuff is supposed to be. Um, so, and in a game like Overwatch, it's actually interesting because you, there's no add-ons for it, uh, so you mm-hmm. can't cheat, or at least not not as easily. I'm not going to say you can't cheat because, well, that'd be a false statement.
1: But everybody, will, everyone eventually finds a way to cheat. and Come on,
2: yeah. But that's all it is. It's it's prop one, and uh, you know what? I'm okay with it. Curb it, uh, take it. As long as uh, as long as you do it well and people are having fun, I'm all for it.
1: All right. Well, since we're talking about Overwatch 2, this gives me a segue, and I'm going to use it because I'm bad at segues. Uh, the, there's two. There's a Twitch drop and a Amazon Prime Gaming uh, tie-in that you can get for Overwatch. Uh, the Twitch drop is the Path to Pro Summer Season um, Campaign 2 just ended on the 16th of July, but Campaign 3 is starting up on August 21st, and basically you've got to watch people playing Overwatch 2 uh is is that's how Twitch drops generally work that's how this one works you just got to watch a bunch of it i think they you might have to actually watch you know like some of the like people getting ready to try and get ready for the next season of Overwatch 2 but i honestly couldn't understand half of the things that the Twitch was telling me about it so um yeah, but but it is happening on August twenty first is going to be the next season. Just missed one, unfortunately, because uh, we're we're doing this on the twenty fifth. So yeah, that was last week. It ended uh, a little bit more than last week, but regardless, it will there will be a new campaign on the August twenty first, and then there's more campaigns coming in the future. there there, there will then be a a winter season. Uh, and they will have their own campaigns as well. So it's a long-running thing Twitch is doing, so you you still have a chance to get the the various rewards involved there. Uh, But go ahead.
0: Lately, it really feels like any time you want to do, like there's almost always a Twitch drop, Mm -hmm. and there's almost always an Amazon Prime gaming drop so
2: yeah. why am i hearing uh, this in the 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 uh narrator's voice from bioshock there's always a lighthouse there's always a twitch
0: platform.
1: i was hearing it like if you guys have ever played um the stanley parable yes i was hearing it like the narrator from the stanley parable it, i don't know reinhardt you know but that's uh, that's what i'm going to point out is that amazon prime's uh tie-in to overwatch is actually a reinhardt conductor legendary skin
2: it's a really cool is, skin
1: yeah which is available until august 17th um so if you if you want to get something from Amazon Prime for Overwatch, that's how to do it. Hearthstone's got something that's available till August twenty third, but it's not very. It doesn't tell you much other than it's a random standard epic card. Yeah, like it you just get means a random standard epic card. So one of the various standard epic cards you you yeah. get one of them.
0: Yeah. They, uh, I mean, usually there's a new Hearthstone drop about once a month. I say yeah. drop, but I mean an Amazon Prime gaming reward about yeah. once a month, and it's like a. It's usually a random card, a random epic, or a random legendary. Sometimes it's packs, but they do the random, random card a lot. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be a card you don't have. Yeah, uh, uh, that's uh, just how Hearthstone has a duplicate protection system mm-hmm. where it will not give you duplicates until you have, until you already have every card of that quality level in that set. So you're gonna get a card you don't have, and that's that's pretty nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, I checked on Twitch drops. There wasn't one available on Twitch when I checked, so Starstone's not getting one of those. But um, there's also a Diablo 4 um, mount that's still available. The mount armor is the Brackish Fetch mount armor, which is available until August 3rd, so next week. And uh, don't know if Amazon Prime is going to then have another. Diablo tie-in, and I couldn't find any ones for World of Warcraft. Uh, if, if there are some, no. I didn't see any.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think I think one just ended today, so so but mm, no, basically no.
1: While we're talking about that, though, the kind of thing you usually get as a World of Warcraft uh, Amazon Prime reward or Twitch drop, there's a new couple of pets that you can pick up, but they're not from Amazon or twitch they're actually cards you buy from world of warcraft but they're basically uh charity pets you guys remember charity pets you used to do them all the time yeah,
0: i mean i aren't they literally charity pets
1: yes they are absolutely charity pets <laughs> they're uh, they're e- sunny which is a cute little golden doggy and Flurky, who is a cute little blue murloc if you like Murlocs and if you don't like Murlocs, you know, then you probably won't like it. Uh, Sunny is the, is the retail world of Warcraft pet. And Flurky is the wow classic pet. And they seem to both be on sale at the same time. Like if you buy one, you get them both. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how this works. Cause I did watch the video, but uh, Mila Kunis did not actually explain <laughs> uh, how, how, how the purchasing goes. She just talked about why they're doing it. And, you know, if you don't know what's going on in Ukraine, I don't think I can encapsulate the situation in this, the time of this show. Let's just say things are really bad in Ukraine. Uh, They are at war and they are fighting against a a supposed world power that is trying to invade their country. So, and has taken quite a bit of land in the past. So yeah, that's, that's happening. And the cool thing about the charity in question, which is called blue check um, is that, blue check is a is a, it's not really like one charity it's more like a bank of charities and like when a situation is such that you know country needs food oh no now they need medicine more than food oh no now they need this other thing blue check can pivot to whatever the need is supposedly I don't know anything about them other than leave Schreiber is apparently involved like finding out that sabertooth is involved in this charity did kind of throw me for a bit <laughs> uh, but yeah that's happening you can go buy Uh, the two pets um, from the blizzard store and it's the, the the proceeds uh, we will donate all proceeds. There's stars there. So I'm sure there's something involving this. It's, you know, uh, from July 25th to August 29th, The hundred percent of the proceeds. Okay. So yeah, when you, if you buy it during that period of time, all of the money uh, is going to this charity to try and help the people of Ukraine. So I, I think that's probably worth doing up to you guys though. Uh, You were saying this,
0: Uh, One thing that's interesting, uh, as you said, this is two pets, one available for retail, one available for classic. And I mean, in the past, we've done charity pets, and there's just been the one pet, and it's always been obviously for retail. They haven't added. They've just started doing these pets specifically for classic. And uh, this is a $20 purchase. Which I mean, okay, it goes to a good cause, all good. We we're giving money to charity, but previously they've done charity pets. It's been a single pet for ten dollars, so that's just mm-hmm. mm, okay. Okay, this has just gone up. The, the price has doubled, and I get one pet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get one pet unless you're playing both games, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird though because it's like you know. Why is, is, it, is it they they wanted it flirky because they didn't think the Sunny would look good in in WoW Classic? I, I don't know.
0: I mean, um, maybe it's... Because maybe it's a-
2: reasons.
1: I think yeah, it, it could just yeah. be that they felt, well, if we're going to charge people twice as much, we do need to give them two pets, and this is a way to give them two pets. Although you don't really have two pets if you're not playing both games. And I don't know many people who are spending a lot of time playing both WoW Classic and World of Warcraft just because it's a lot of time, man who's got time i mean it's like okay i've done with my six hour shift and well classic i'm gonna punch (laughs) in on on world of warcraft now you know it's it's just you know that that it gets to the point where you know do do you get to eat anymore uh do you sleep do you are you doing that thing where you micro sleep and then every time something happens you jerk awake um
2: i once sleep healed a raid that was fun
1: yeah um yeah i've actually sleep tanked i sleep I, I sleep tanked on kalefos because i literally passed <laughs> out we did we did like 12 13 attempts and i was just getting really tired and i kind of just nodded off during the the extremely long discussion of what we were changing in the poll and then apparently just while not quite coming to consciousness i just managed to move my character into position and keep hitting uh, uh. the shield when it came up
2: don't don't tell our our raid but uh our uh sire Nathrius kill i don't remember phase two like <laughs> at all. i don't
1: remember phase two of that fight Jeez.
2: like i don't remember phase two like i know i was there for phase one i was there like i remember like real having phase three start i don't remember anything that happened in phase two i'm pretty sure i zonked out
1: yeah well uh quite frankly i don't blame you i would have done that too if I...
2: anyway uh so yeah that's that's
1: happening um I do think it's interesting that they've decided to put a pet up for both games, but the the price jump is pretty substantial. Uh, it is nice that it's going to charity, but if you're used to spending like, you know, 10 bucks on a pet, you know, you're now, if you don't play both games, you're basically paying twice as much for a pet.
0: I mean, it's, on one hand, it's hard to object. This is going to a good cause, and on the other hand, I was like, "Oh wait, I was gonna just click this button and buy it, but it's actually twice as much as I thought it was going to be." I should, I should still just
1: yeah, like I, I'm yeah. saving for Phantom Liberty, guys. Uh, you know, I'm gonna. Uh, have well, to yeah,
0: that's fair too. That's fair. Uh,
1: but I, I will say we've talked now about pretty much everything uh, except do we? I may want to make sure I actually talked about the thing that. Yeah. Okay. No, we did talk about that. It's, it's prop hunt we haven't really talked about the season one launch. Cause that was last week. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it was actually yeah. the day after we did the podcast, right?
0: Two days after the podcast, We yeah. the Diablo Diablo four season yeah, Diablo one, 4, season just, one to, sorry. just to get everyone listening out there on the same page. Yeah.
1: But that launched last week and we haven't really talked much about it. Um, I honestly, I've been playing it really casually. Like I, I go in and I play one character with my wife and I have another couple of characters. I play when I don't, my wife and I aren't playing together and I've been, you know, I've been having fun and playing it. I think I played it. Like I've played it literally every day, but I'm not trying to burn my way to max level or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, quite frankly, I've got like 90 days or so. not Not quite, but like 80 something. And I just, I don't feel the rush. Like if, if I don't get to max level in the season, then I'll just, go back to my main and, and work on them. It, it's, it is what it is. I I'm enjoying it, but I understand that some people who have been really trying to get to max level as fast as they can and start, start hunting for those various uh, malignant, you know, hearts are, some people are, are reporting being like, you know, Oh God, this is like such a, it, it's kind of a rampage. It's very hard to, to a lot of people were not even be able to get malignant hearts uh, because they didn't realize that you had to be on the quest first, or they just weren't dropping. Uh, so a lot of people didn't um, try to farm them. At least that's what I was told. Go ahead.
0: I'm just I'm just taking a step back and uh, talking what season one is. The malignant hearts are the season's theme. It's the season <laughs> of the malignant, and uh, having basically you're going out and you're killing these malignant monsters. You're trying to claim their hearts, and then you're doing what any good RPG adventuring character would do is you take these hearts and you shove them into your jewelry and just wear them. Hey, hey, hey! Them.
1: First, <laughs> first, you put the hearts in a cage, then you use the cage to <laughs> the cage summons an even more powerful monster, and then you kill that monster and use its heart in the cage.
0: In yeah, your, your I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing like a tiny bit. You're we shoving.
1: A, yeah, we have a process. Shoving. is all I'm saying. This isn't just <laughs> yeah haphazard.
0: <laughs> you're you're shoving monstrous hearts into your jewelry and then wearing them around. Um, but yeah, the thing is you have to complete the campaign and do part of the quest chain before, yeah. uh, before the hearts will start dropping. So yeah, I have seen some people who are definitely confused. Hey, I'm playing through the campaign. Where are these hearts? Everyone's saying these malignant hearts, but they aren't here. And it's because the quest is post-campaign. And if you don't skip the campaign... You need to play that through beginning to end first. Yeah. Of course, you can you can activate the campaign skip at any time, even if you originally go in and say, "I'm going to play the campaign." You can campaign skip from the character from the character select screen. Yeah, um,
1: I don't know if you guys have looked at the actual lore of what's going on. It's actually a little bit more in depth than we've been led to believe. Like there's there's a connection to Lilith in all this, mm-hmm. and it, it's tied to the story of the game more than I was led to believe so i'm actually pretty excited about it um although i do think it's kind of i feel really bad for this poor guy who is basically just it's just him and his wagon he's been attempting to stop these you know demonically possessed people from like rampaging through the world and it's like just you in the wagon then that's it that's the entire support structure i had some friends but they're all dead now yeah if you watch
0: If you watch the trailer for Season of the Malignant, you see he is pictured surrounded by a group of other adventurers. And then as the trailer continues, one adventurer disappears from the art. Another adventurer disappears from the art. And then it's just him. It's just Cormond. Cormond? Do I have that right?
1: Cormond, yeah. It is Cormond. I was calling him Cormac for a very long time. It's it's Cormond. (laughs) It's hard. It's so hard. But uh, I, how have you guys been playing? I, I'm pretty sure Liz, you might have. But uh, I've been
0: ask. I've been playing some. I just haven't had a ton of time to really dig into it, so I'm playing pretty casually. And I I miss my previous character because I didn't hit level 100 before getting to this, and it feels like I was at this like good place with gear, and I had an interesting build, and I had an interesting combination of items, and now I'm starting over with less gear, and it's. I, I'm having a little trouble getting excited about it, but I also I just have a lot of demands on my time right now. So maybe I'm just just look, that's kind of bleeding into into my playstyle. Like, well, this is kind of not super fun to start over, but also I just yeah, a lot of the stuff is going on because life. Yeah. Life. Yeah. If you
1: if if I'm finding it hard to put more than two hours a night into the game, mm. quite frankly, just because you know for one thing sleep, uh, also you know reading, <laughs> taking care of things around the house, eating, you know the various things you have to do. Yeah. Uh, so, Joe, have you gotten to play it at all?
2: Uh, it's been interesting because I haven't really had time. Um, I, had a pro- I had a problem at the beginning of the season. So I went to go create a seasonal character uh, and everything went fine. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll play. I've been wanting to, to play Rogue and, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and do that for the season. It'll be fun. Uh, so I went to go roll a character. And for the first, like, day, I couldn't create a character that could skip the campaign. Mm-hmm. It was really, really weird. And like the next day, like I, I think I created and like deleted a couple characters and then created another one. I wasn't able to get one until like a day and a half, two days later. Um, and then I just been so busy since. So I've gotten very, very, very little time in.
1: Did you log your main in? Yes. And then it started working.
2: Yes. That's exactly what that's,
1: happened. Yeah. You had, uh, I'm sorry. I, I should have mentioned that to you. That That's one of the things that they said, you know in order for your in order for all your achievements and stuff to to work, in order for the game to know that your character has done the things that you that'll carry over, you need to log them on first
2: see and i yeah. I think I missed that part. I missed that part when I was reading through it, and so like yeah. okay, so it wasn't a weird bug, it was just me being dumb, okay, that happens
1: yeah, it wasn't a bug. it was the way they designed it, and they even explained on one of the uh one of the chats that the reason that they know that that's not a great system, but it was like it's not okay, intuitive. Yeah, people, people wanted this, and we had had no intention of doing it. But now that we know people want it, we're going to give it to them. But unfortunately, we went to we, – so we go to the engineers and like, okay, can you do this? And they're like, well, do you want it to, to work and be good, or do you want it now? Because <laughs> uh, I can give it to you now, but it's going to require that you, people do dumb things to get it to work. Or you can give me six months to, to actually build a system. And they're like, yeah, do the first one. Yeah, that, was,
0: that was because they had changed what transfers between your characters. Yes, they changed exactly. things that were account-wide so that you got all of your Altars of Lilith, you had them across all your characters, and you had them across your seasonal characters, and all of your map discoveries and your Fog of War were based on the most you've discovered on any character. Yep. So, so yes, seemingly seemingly making that change meant you had to log in and make the game like refresh its knowledge about where you were. Yeah, it's, it's, it's,
1: it is it's obnoxious and they know it's obnoxious and they didn't want to do it. But it was like, okay, people said they want this stuff to transfer. We've said we will give it to them. Now we have to come up with a system for it and it has to be here in like two weeks. And that's why the system works the way it does. I I, I remember at the time thinking that is a refreshingly honest admission of of why the system is the way it is. Like it's bad because we didn't have time. I've never heard them say that before, you know, and, and it kind of flew. It's still to this day. I, I every so often stop and remember them saying that and I'm like, man, that that's, that's up front. So, yeah, but, but that's, that's the issue. That's why you were having
2: that issue. And I am sorry. I didn't talk. No, and like in part of it is me. Like, I, I don't know how I missed that. Like it makes sense in retrospect. Because it's not written down. You know what? It's
1: not written down in any of Blizzard's official stuff. They don't the, tell you. They just told you on the I, chat.
2: I, yeah, I kind of wish that they w- what they would have done is I kind of wish it, like, when you logged into the game, there would have been a pop-up that said that. I don't know if there is now, because I've already done it, so I don't know if it comes mm-hmm. up. But, like, something that popped up would have been real nice to say, hey, to transfer everything. Over, I Okay, Gavlin says there was a pop-up in game. I didn't see a pop-up. so
0: I see. I saw a pop-up, but I don't remember it saying you needed to log on to your characters. But maybe I just misread.
2: Yeah, see, and to me, when you click on seasonal, I think it should just be in your face, or it should have been, and maybe it is now, where it says, hey, we were, we didn't tell you about this, or maybe you missed it, but go and log into your character right now, and then log out and come back. Like,
1: yeah. I that would have saved me 48 hours. The reason, <laughs> the reason that I could do all the stuff that I did for the first time, like that day, is because I just log in my main character obsessively every day, no matter what. Um, even if I'm not playing them, which I haven't been because of the season, I log them on every day because I want to make sure, okay, what do I have on this character? What has this character done? In fact, when I logged on the first time, for some reason, I only got five of the, po- you know, like, you know how you get two from each zone because you can get uh, the renown for map Oh, yeah, 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 you know yeah. For some reason, one of those boxes wasn't fully filled in, and I had to go on my main to, and go run around to go find enough of altars of Lilith and Hawazar to get Hawazar up to the second box filled in the, the second renowned thing. And it was like, that's that's, I remember doing it because I was thinking to myself, I know there's going to be a complication. I know there is, and there was. And so I ended up having to run around and do that. So, yeah, other than that though, I, I, I actually, have you guys gotten to fight a lot of the malignant things? Cause I created a character just to go fight them. And they are ridiculous, and I kind of love them it because fe- they do some strange, strange things, man.
2: I was gonna say for I haven't, I haven't, but I've been watching like a couple of my buddies play it, and uh, it feels like I don't want to say like in I'm not air quoting improved AI, but it feels harder to predict what they're going to do, and it feels a little more challenging from what I'm watching, which is good because let's be honest, the very few things, at least for me on my, and maybe it's because I was playing a bear druid and having to max out fort, uh. But, like, nothing, I felt unkillable all the way straight through to the end. Like, I think I died twice, and it was because I was dumb. Um, but, like, now it's, like, people are like, oh, "Well, yeah, I gotta work for it. And I'm like, hmm, okay, that's intriguing. I like when I have to work for it in Diablo.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. The fights definitely feel different. Uh, I haven't gotten to do a Malignant Tunnel yet, but that's coming up uh, pretty soon, I hope. Um, Liz, anything else you want to say before we move on?
0: No, no, y'all covered it.
1: All right, then I, at this point, we're actually going to go do some questions y'all sent in we actually have a fair amount uh one of which i freely admit i stole from lore watch but you know basically it's been sitting there in the queue since the beginning of last month and nobody took it so yeah
2: nobody took it i mean it's not like we were busy doing other things maybe covering diablo games or anything else like you
1: weren't but i felt bad so i decided (laughs) i'd grab it so anyway um if you have a question for this uh podcast uh please either send it to our podcast email which is uh podcast at blizzardwatch.com. um subject line podcast or blizzard watch so we know it's for this show um when you do that thing where you say it's for either show that's just that's also a problem guys because because then joe joe keeps like wanting them he always wants them and then i have to like you know drug him and put him on an airplane we are going to
2: move past this conversation
1: he wakes up going you gave me a drugged ham sandwich didn't you yes i did mr (laughs) um (laughs) i mean seriously man i can't no i can't i can't let myself sidetrack into that also if you want to answer the question but you don't want to send an email because you're afraid of the the ham sandwich thing i just mentioned you can go to our discord server uh we have the q and podcast questions uh channel which is for non-patrons um you can absolutely ask questions there and at least one person has um or you can go to our patron and podcast questions channel. If you are a patron, we we love everybody, uh, whether or not you're a patron, if you want to ask us questions or interact with our stuff, it's great. We, we love it, but we do feel like we have to kind of try and like throw some love the patrons way because you know, they're paying to get the lights on and that's important. Uh, I'm going to read some questions here and let these guys answer because it's been working r- really well lately. So first one is from Gnorsha. This is the one I stole and I admit with active hostility between Horde and Alliance cooling off both in the story and the game mechanics. Do you think there's any value in introducing a new playable enemy faction? Like if players were allowed to roll primalist characters or Karaji or whatever the next big or even old enduring enemy is. Does World of Warcraft need to have active tensions dividing its player base to be World of Warcraft? Or do you think the world can move beyond that and should? Would love to hear your opinions on this. And that's from Norsha. Uh, didn't, no pronunciation guy, but I'm pretty sure I got it, I got it with Norsha. Uh, so yeah, which one of you guys wants to answer
0: this one first? Liz.
1: Okay, Liz?
0: I mean, I don't think Warcraft needs conflict. I mean, it doesn't need conflict between players. I don't think you need to have a big war where everyone hates everyone in order to have Warcraft. But I am actually a big fan of having more factions. I like the idea of having factions that aren't based on what on what your racial choice is, but are based on, you know, what you're doing, what your character is invested in. Like, you could join the Scenarian Circle, which is not They mean, they have goals. Most of them are Druids, but not all of them are Druids. Uh, But organizations like that, where you have organizations that don't have this nationalistic focus that you see on the Horde and Alliance, but they're just like, okay, we're here. We've got work to do. We don't care if you're Horde. We don't care if you're Alliance. We're just, we're here to do a job. You can help us or you can leave, but please stop killing each other right in the middle of our camp. Thank you. I think that could be really interesting uh, kind of to expand the game in that way.
2: So I think conflict and tension is it's something that takes a lot of forms and it doesn't always have to be combat. It doesn't always have to be something focused on the faction exchange, right? Uh, We've already seen that we're, we're seeing the, the move away from it. We're seeing that players are responding well to it. It does not affect PVP at all. Uh, People that want to PVP are still PVP and they're not feeling obligated to stop all of a sudden, Um, and I think that story-wise where we're at and where we've been for the last, I would say several years has already been moving heavily away from faction conflict like that. Um, it doesn't want to, it doesn't need to be, uh, the centerpiece anymore. And I think that's okay. And you can do things like, you know, Matt and I have talked about this a lot on, on lore watch where it's like. Yes, we would like to see us uh, stumble upon other civilizations. We've talked we had a whole episode about Avaloran, uh and what that might be and what that might mean. And especially now that we've seen uh the the new timeways stuff and the new mega dungeon and uh the stuff with the bronze dragonflight storyline, uh there's some other implications potentially that are there waiting for us, maybe in the next patch, who knows? Uh but the idea of running into another culture that has nothing to do with the Titans or views the Titans as like a nuisance, uh, you know, whatever the case is, that could be very interesting. Not in the way of the the primalists, but maybe like a a primalist on like a maybe a six on the dial of eleven. You can do stuff like that that really make it rewarding. Like you know, uh, learning
1: primalists, about- you're you're at a you're at a fifteen right now, and I really need you at a four. More so or, or less, just, or just bring it down. Just, just. I like the energy, but you're burning us with it, so just <laughs> drop it down.
2: But I mean, you you can have very compelling stories that don't need to have a war.
1: Yeah, or for that matter, if they if you do want to do a war story, you can do a war story where we're fighting something else. We don't have to always be fighting each other. I mean, most of most of World of Warcraft's life wasn't the the, the Horde and Alliance weren't directly at war. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they had um, conflicts, yes. Uh, but they weren't actually fighting each other that much. And and in original World of Warcraft, classic World of Warcraft, now you would call it, uh, the original one to sixty world, we teamed up to fight the Karaji. Mm-hmm. That was that was like a big deal. The the might of Kalimdor was an army consisting of Horde and Alliance together. Yeah, and that was um, a huge.
2: It, that was a huge like yeah. cross server event where you were gathering resources and yeah. and and everything else, and everybody was contributing to it.
1: Yeah, and it didn't make you buddies. It's not like you you know, it's not like the Horde and Alliance were going to sit around a campfire and, and sing, you know, the the Orcish equivalent of Kumbaya, but they were, you know, it, they were working together while still remaining who they were. And there was no there was no need to make there be an artificial conflict between them when there were giant monster bugs you, that wanted to like, kill everybody. You 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 could focus on the real problem.
2: <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like the the and Matt and Liz, you'll probably get this, and maybe some of our younger listeners won't, but like Enemy Mine, the old 1985 sci-fi flick, right? And I think it was based off of a book. I don't remember. Uh, I think it was like based off of Long Gear or something like that. Um, But like, yes, there's this whole faction war, this intergalactic war where the humans and this alien race are at battle with each other. And then one of each just crash land on the planet. And then you have uh, Dennis Quaid. Uh, you know, and I forgot who played the, the I think it was like Henry uh, Henry Solo or something like that, um, learning to coexist because if they could fight each other, they could kill each other, they could try to kill each other, but they have other things to worry about, like surviving on this planet that, you know...
1: It was Louis Gossett Jr., by the
2: way. Oh, Louis Gossett Jr. was Jerobo. That's right. Yep. Man, I'm i sorry. Okay. I just Listen, had
1: to look that up to be sure.
2: I am happy that my memory is as intact as it is about that, but I... Regardless, like, that was a, a, a movie that, even though it was a sci-fi film and it had plenty of, like, you know, had these actiony moments, was all about that drama and suspense, and they weren't actively fighting each other. They were learning to coexist, and we still have a lot of that to do in Warcraft. Like, there's, yeah, a, there's a lot of learning to live with, like, you know, between orcs and humans or, you know, where night elves or elves in general fit into the world now. Like, there's a lot that you could do that doesn't actively involve war.
1: Well, look at what Liz was talking about. The idea of like, you know, the game could use other factions. The game actually has all these other factions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're just, not, they're just not playable. Like you can go and do some quests for them and you can you earn <laughs> reputation with them. But we've seen that there's other ways to do that kind of reputation. For all that people, like I hear Shadowlands get a lot of criticisms, but how they handled those, fact, those playable groups. I, I'm calling them factions. I the, know covenants. factions the covenants. The covenants. The way they handled covenants was really well like, done. It's a blueprint mm-hmm. for how you could handle new factions in world of Warcraft or old factions that are doing new things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You could honestly, yes, you've got a be, you know, with the covenants, you had a reputation with them, but it translated to your membership in that covenant. It wasn't just you do you show up and do some stuff for them? You're considered a member. And that's something that could be taken and, and, and iterated on. In future World of Warcraft, and so we you ha- could have those factions, and I'd love to see some of
2: them. And we kind of had that with the class order halls,
1: yeah. But mm-hmm. it was that was more class based, but yeah, sure.
2: But I that. mean, the, the same core idea, though, right? Because like, look at the paladins. Paladins had Horde and Alliance. You had a Nathrazine sitting there as well, yeah. right? Like you had a we uh, the shaman had Horde and Alliance, but they also had Magda, uh, you know, yeah, Ma- uh, Mag- Magatha, uh, sorry, whatever, or, I, yeah,
1: Magatha Totem.
2: yeah. Uh I like, think, sorry, go Sorry, this.
0: I think the big difference there is that, uh, like, most of the organizations during Legion, the class halls, were not like big, previously explored sure. lore things. I mean, the Order of the Silverhand, I believe, was the Paladins, unless they did something new and original there, which I don't remember. But I mean, I see it interesting that you could tie into these big lore elements that are already exist in World of Warcraft, and you could tell interesting stories about things people have already kind of committed to or interested in. That was maybe a failing of Shadowlands because the covenants were really well done and it had a lot of really interesting content, but it was also, it's this world off in outer space in the afterlife. And there was a little bit of, uh, okay, I mean, this is nice. Why do I care? Can I go back home now? Um, yeah, you know, there was could, that.
1: Yeah, I'm absolutely. You could agree. bring
0: up some really new, cool stories about things that we already are invested in.
1: That's yeah, like you could totally have the the Rogue Order Hall, like could have been based is uh, kind of like yes. a continuation of Ravenhold. Imagine yeah. if you had the Ravenhold as a faction, and it didn't oh, yeah. just get rogues. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, if you are interested interested in. Subversive activity against anybody. Here's a meeting hall for that. You can be, you don't have to be a, like a thief. You can also be one of our guards or you can be, do healing magic for us. Become a member of uh,
2: SI7 for that love. For that,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but like SI7 and whatever the horde equivalent is, I so don't remember. They used to have one. Other I, what that
2: is thing. it? It's, it's something the, the something of whispers, uh,
1: yeah. But you, those, those are like still kind of faction oriented, but you could totally have like Ravenholt become the meeting ground where. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm in this Horde order, you're SI7 in the Alliance, but we still have to talk sometime. And this place could be the place to do that. People could come together and have discussions on these kind of topics. Like, you know, we're getting some chatter that the uh, Twilight's Hammer are back. Oh, no, that's not the Twilight's Hammer. They're just using the name. They're actually demon worshippers. Yeah, we got some information on that. And you could pl- imagine playing around with that idea of like the Berlin in the fifties and sixties, but in Warcraft, Mm -hmm. you know, that whole, you know, Soviet agents, uh, us agents, you know, British agents, everybody coming together and conflicting and yet not fighting. Cause you know, there's, there's ways to, to like win ideologically that you could be dealing with. I, I just feel like there's a lot of room for this. Like the idea of making factions a thing, like not just, you know, a place where you go and I look, here's some more, um, Scourge stones. Can I have my amulet yet? (laughs) <laughs> no, okay. I'll be back when I've got more scourge stones for you. Make it into imagine if you join, um, the Argent Dawn and become a member, like, and you're now dedicated to preventing the scourge from spreading, and that's your deal, like, and that's there's a lot of missions you could go on because like, oh, we've heard about this necromancer who used to live in this place, and he apparently understood how to, to to stop the plague more effectively. Go there and and get that, and there's just there's a lot of room for all of it. So I, I'm really. The more I think about it, the more excited I get. Oh, how much time do you have left before I keep babbling? Dragonflight,
0: Dragonflight kind of did or went in this direction with the whole Rathian sibelian thing. Earn reputation mm-hmm. with one or the other, but it didn't. It didn't feel as meaningful. Just because one, you can earn reputation with both. Mm-hmm. Two, because they're both kind of smarmy jerks. I mean, neither <laughs> of them. Neither of them is like a great guy that you really want to help out. It's just like, I, okay.
1: I feel maybe. like 10.1.5 and 10.1 before it kind of fixed that for me. Yes. I, I, I now feel like Rathion and Sibelian both had their good points, but unfortunately, you needed somebody like Abyssian because you needed somebody who could. For lack of a better word, and I don't want to sound creepy here Someone who could harness the two of them together Yeah Or, okay, I need some of Rathion's I won't quit, but I need some of Sibelian's I'm going to actually think about what I'm doing (laughs) So, so how do we get both?
0: And I also think Them, the two, Rathion and Sibelian Kind of resolving their differences Turned into a really great story I think some of the best voice acting in Dragonflight so far And we've had a lot of great acting In Dragonflight Mm -hmm. Is Rathian and Sibelian in Abaris? I mean, I think the line I remember is going into the Neltharian fight, where you've been going through Abaris, and for the entire time, it's like you think, "Oh, I'm following this shadow of Neltharian, and he's totally <laughs> Neltharian, and we're talking to Neltharian," and you're you, the player, are like, "Oh God, these stupid dragons! Come on, of course it's not Neltharian." And you know, you get to the, the Neltharian fight. And, like, just before things start, you know, Sibelian's like, we're Sarkareth. you were leading us to Sarkareth, and Rathian says, he was never leading us to Sarkareth. And just kind of this calm realization, and that's, that's such a good moment, where you see them, both of them kind of seeing the wrongs in the past, and eventually kind of coming together in this realization. And it's, a, it's such a great character moment, because you see sabellian as this decisive combat focused leader who will go in and get things done and you see rathian as this he's a little he's more of a thinker he th- he's thinking about things and he's uh he's noticing he worries about things yeah
1: he's noticing all the inconsistencies that Sibelian isn't but he's not saying anything just yet because he's not sure what they mean yeah and there's there's a lot of that to that that interplay
0: and- and he, there's also a weird insecurity from both of them where Rathian mm-hmm. is worried about. He was created by experimentation, and Sibelian is suddenly recognizing that, okay, Neltharion did some things that were uh, worldly, questionable, maybe a tiny bit. So that's, I, I think that's an example of how you can tell really interesting character stories that there's definitely some conflict there. You know, yeah, Rathian and Sabellian have been bickering since the beginning but you're seeing interesting personal stories for both yeah. of them
1: that don't have to be about, Oh, by the way, uh, I hate you. Cause you have green skin, green skin.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that was really well done.
1: do you think we have time for one more or let's do it. Uh, I, can,
0: I can do one more.
1: All right. We're going to try. Uh, I don't want to do that one. Cause it's kind of Jack, Jack, uh, Jack, Jack, Jack. I think, no, it's just Jack, Jack. Okay. Just Jack, Jack. With- with the current corporate trend of what if we did a multiverse and with the Blizzard multiverse game, uh, Heroes of the Storm, uh, you know, rip RIP to a real one in maintenance mode. What other things did Blizzard do too soon that could work better now? Bloodthorn. Okay, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I mean, at the time, Bloodthorn worked fine and people like, but by yeah. telling you, there's such there's like it's on tap. Oh, still. man. There, oh, it could do so much with that. Anyway, go ahead, you guys.
2: I mean, if I'm going to pick one thing, I'm going to say Ghost. Like, I thought, I think that it, in today's day and age with today's technology and today's sort of enjoyment of story first person shooters, and there is still a lot of it, um, they could have easily had that project work now better than it did before because Ghost kind of sort of maybe helped inform a little bit of Overwatch but that was more the other MMO project that had been talking about for years that maybe just turned into that. And the two of them combined together, but we didn't really get, and again, we didn't get it with overwatch 2, And I, I will probably complain about this every week. I'm sorry, folks, um, like a story driven first person shooter. They could have easily done that years later. And like we were talking about on the pre-show, we were talking about games like dishonored. We were talking about uh, games like cyberpunk 2077. These had that first person story driven experience Imagine that in the StarCraft universe. Imagine how cool that would be right now. StarCraft is another one that's sort of in maintenance mode um, that, you know, we're not really hearing anything about. I would. I personally think that they were to turn around and announce a first-person uh, shooter game that was story-driven campaign-based, based off of StarCraft. I would be extremely happy, and I think it would do really well right now.
0: Liz? I mean, I feel like Heroes of the Storm didn't, come too early necessarily but it came too late it Mm -hmm. kind of like by the time it arrived on the scene MOBAs were such they were so well established
2: even Warner Brothers one had closed up shop right when uh Heroes of the Storm released because Warner Brothers had one that was in beta the um DC crisis and uh Mm -hmm. that wound up getting shelved because it, it was just too late
0: so, yeah, I think they just, they jumped on that one too late and then it didn't work and they closed up, but it's like, it's not, it's not, I don't think it would do any better today. If anything, I think it would do worse today because now we're even, we're
1: even later, but. Uh, yeah, I think honestly, though, that's because they wanted a MOBA. Mm-hmm. More yeah. They didn't want, they, they were, weren't trying to build a multiverse. They wanted a MOBA. I think if they actually sat down and tried to make a game that played off of their multiverse, instead of just, you know, okay, here's another MOBA, then it might be a lot more successful. We don't know, and we'll never know. so
0: Yeah, they tried to build it into something it didn't start out as. I don't think they really pushed the multiverse thing very hard. Like, every so often they
1: did one, like, that they would bring in Orphea or something like that, but generally speaking, yeah.
0: They added that character pretty late. They added Orphea Mm -hmm. pretty late. So it just didn't feel like it completely clicked. Like it was a fun game. I played it for a while, but it was so late to jump in on the MOBA trend. And it was like, it was a good game. It was pretty polished, but this at the end of the day, it's just another MOBA. You
1: know what it felt like to me? It felt like they were trying to do what World of Warcraft did to EverQuest with their game. Yes. But instead they were yet another game trying to do two World of Warcraft and not being able to. It was like- they're, they're, if, you, if you think of he- Heroes of the Storm as the brash... It, like Let's use one of many games that came out. Uh, Rift. Remember Rift?
2: Yeah.
1: Rift didn't kill World of Warcraft. Neither did so many other games. And just like that, Heroes of the Storm was never going to kill League of Legends.
2: Yeah, I think part of the problem, though, too, with it was is that Heroes of the Storm... I think you're onto something. Um, you mentioned that they're trying to do to... MOBAs, what WoW did to MMOs, WoW made MMOs accessible, which is why it had such mainstream success, right? The problem with MOBAs, like, you know, League of Legends is like the king of that, and, and we got to recognize that that sort of game. But, like, you can customize your characters, whether it's a talent build-out, and they have a, their system, their mastery system for it, um, and then you have items that you can build out and customize in the heat of the moment to sort of play a game of chess against your opponents um you couldn't do that in Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm you had your talents and that was it. There was no pivoting. Once you were done, you were done. Once you made your selection, you made your selection. And in theory a simpler accessible MOBA would be good, but the problem is is that's not what people who want to play a MOBA are in for. Now yeah, they, they just
1: didn't, they didn't succeed in getting people who didn't play MOBAs to play their MOBA, which was what they did with World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft is the game people who'd never played EverQuest or any other MMO came to play. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't the case with MOBAs. I think to a certain degree, some games don't ever get that pop culture mass breakout.
2: No, it's, and, it's very rare that it happens these days.
1: Uh, I will say this much. The one thing that I honestly do, you know, the, the, the Blackthorn thing aside, although I do think that that game could come back, uh, I think that when thinking about Heroes of the Storm and thinking about, you know, how come this didn't work, uh, I think Liz has got a point about the fact that, you know, MOBA saturation had already gotten to a place mm-hmm. where just you weren't gonna get uh you weren't unless you managed to get a whole bunch of people who didn't play MOBAs to play your MOBA, it wasn't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Uh it's very similar to you're talking about StarCraft Ghost. And I think rather than the story-based shooter aspect of StarCraft Ghost that I think was a missed Opportunity. It's the fact that StarCraft Ghost was in production, and it stopped production in two thousand two. Yeah. Assassin's Creed didn't come out till two thousand seven. Yep. So a game about us, an assassin who wanders around making difficult kills for like an, an entity other than herself, aka you know the Terran Empire or what have you, that would have been big.
2: Yeah, and that's it why I said at the right time. I think it was just too early.
1: Yeah, but it's not just because It was too early because it you see a direct and you know a, a direct follower, a direct game that came out a few years later that had that you know there was some other stuff in it. You know, obviously it was inspired by the Prince of Persia games, and obviously they had that whole animus thing.
2: I mean, but, Dishonored came out in 2012.
1: Yeah, and Dishonored does it in different way, and it's, it doesn't feel like an Assassin's Creed ripoff, but it's still basically that kind of gameplay. And Ghost was coming out was trying to come out with it in the early 2000s. And I really feel like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe now is the time to, to look back at that idea and try again because, but maybe it isn't, maybe the window has passed.
2: See, I don't know though. Cause um, they just, they just did a re-release or an update to Thief and it went really well.
1: Yeah. And they're doing a Prince of Persia sc- side-scroller. I don't know.
2: Dead Space just got a, a high definition uh, rework. Crisis just got one. Crisis, um, the game that will still kill your computer. Yeah, absolutely. will still <laughs> kill your computer. Um <laughs> like there is a market for it. Like, I, I really do think that if they were to do something like that there, I think I I'm sorry, I'm going to stop talking. Cause I don't want to like beat a dead horse here, but like, yeah, there's it's, I think now would be a good time to do that.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, I think we're all in agreement that's that, you know, maybe here's the storm. Isn't the best possible game for this idea because it doesn't feel like a game where they were even trying the multiverse thing until they realized, Oh God, we got to pivot to something. Uh, and Unfortunately, that pivot was too little, too late. Uh, I quick, like Liz said, I th- I thought Heroes of Storm was fun to play. I loved it. Uh, we, yeah, we used to do streams, and I w- I was yeah. I actually enjoyed Malfurion. <laughs> like I played it and enjoyed healing on Malfurion. Uh don't know why, because he was just as insufferable. But I you
2: know. got to play. I got to play Magni and throw <laughs> myself as people as the King of the Mountain or the Avatar of the Mountain. It was super fun.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was never going to be that that genre defining thing that world of warcraft became for mmos it just
2: yeah
1: it was a very tall order to try to do twice yeah Um, actually blizzard has kind of done it twice because overwatch almost did it i would argue that overwatch at least continued to exist uh, in in a space where we had games like team fortress already and definitely brought a different style of gameplay to them it didn't crush anything but you know
2: no another another other hero shooters are sort of following in its wake
1: yeah, like I mean, one of the best ones is probably Apex Legends, but you could yep. you could make a case for a bunch of different ones. But, Valorant. Yeah, Valorant. Oh, wow, Valorant feels very much like somebody just picked up Overwatch. It's, 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 like, it's, like, it's
2: like, hey, you like Overwatch? Hey, you like CSGO? Let's just mash these two things together and go, and it did it well.
1: Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I'll give him that, but regardless, I think at this point we're going to close things up, so uh, Joe imploring Stare
2: absolutely blizzard watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch your continued support means that this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast better chance at have your question answered on our podcast with a queue and an ad's free site experience
1: uh thank you joe and thank you to liz for the amazing answer on the last question because that completely recontextualized everything i was thinking about it <laughs> that was really really a, that was one of the best ones we've done in a while
2: listen to uh, quote the song we're better together yeah.
1: but, we are
0: uh, we are teamwork yeah. and teamwork. the power of
1: friendship yeah. teamwork makes the eye work no that doesn't work i' no team there's a me and team though but anyway uh if you've got a question for the site please send it to our email at podcast at blizzardwatch.com podcast of blizzardwatch for this show in particular, but you can also ask us questions for lore watch or for the eventual return of tavern watch. Once we get like a moment to breathe. Um, and if you want to you know, use our discord, we've got the uh, Q and podcast questions channel for just about anybody who wants to ask a question, uh, or you can use our patron uh, Q and podcast questions channel. If you're a patron, because you know, again, we'd like you guys and you keep the lights on uh, and that therefore we're now wrapping up the end of the podcast uh, this has been the blizzard watch podcast thank you guys so much for being here with us and we will hopefully see you next week